0: Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode from the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward. In the Sales Chat Show studio, Mr. Graham Jones, Mr. Phil Jesson, and I am Simon Hazeldean. And This episode is called How to Stop Getting Demotivated by Sales Failure and Develop the Ability to Bounce. Back Now, sales is a competitive profession. If there wasn't the competition, we wouldn't need the salespeople. And I guess, I mean, please correct me if I'm wrong, my dear listeners, but I've never met anybody who wins 100% of the business 100% of the time. So failure is going to happen from time to time. And, and at the sales chat show, we are feeling a little bit of a bit down today today is the monday following not a great sporting weekend for us folks so i'm a Big fan of the mixed martial arts, and and uh, poor old Conor McGregor lost out in his third fight with Dustin Poirier in the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Actually, ended up with a pretty pretty badly broken leg in the in the um, in the uh, in the first round. So they kind of won one each, and this was the third meeting to decide who was the best, and uh, unfortunately, it didn't go Conor McGregor's way. So going to be interested to see how how Connor comes back from this. And then just to top off my weekend, the England football team um, didn't win the European Championships against Italy. We lost in the penalty shootout. And uh, and so, you know, the whole of England has been plunged into this sort of awful Monday morning situation not so good but so the England team have got to bounce back so and what is a sales team you you pursue a sale you've been building up you maybe get down to the last two in the pitch day or the last three you think it's gone well and then you get that phone call and that conversation that goes phoning up to tell you how it's gone these were the good points and then you're sitting there waiting and then i go however or but unfortunately we have not we have not selected you so we're going to look at some some principles some ways some thoughts some ideas on how we have to deal with the inevitable failure that is going to be part and parcel of an operating part and parcel sorry of operating in a competitive commercial environment and, and and when I was doing my research in performance psychology for my masters um I was looking at what what categorized high performers from from less successful performers and certainly in in the field of sort of sport and athletics um elite salespeople have a better ability to bounce back from failure and mistakes than than less high-performing salespeople. So I think a key, and sport is obviously different to to the world of sales, but there may be some things we can learn to to do that. Um, I think one thing, just to kick us off, chaps, one thing is that I think if we fail and we feel a bit down about it, we should allow ourselves to feel a bit down about it. I think that the last thing anybody needs is somebody doing a big motivational pep talk if you're feeling really really you know down in the dumps you know allow people a bit of time to lick their wounds allow yourself a little bit of time to you know yay it's it's not gonna feel good and I think to try to be unrealistic and 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 put a big smile on your face if you're not feeling like that you know give yourself a day or so to just process and 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 feel maybe not so great about it no point trying to suppress that and i uh, don't think it does you any good but then you're going to come a time when you're going to say right enough wallowing now it's definitely time for me to to get back in the saddle and 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 to build and to build on it so phil graham who'd give us some thoughts uh, well I'm, I'm
1: going to take you to task
0: oh good.
1: you started off this by saying You've never met anybody in your career who has been a hundred percent successful. So that means that you believe that both Phil and I have failed. Now that's a dreadful assumption to make of us. I think that's you know, I thought you knew us better than that. Oh, uh, sorry, I'm sorry, uh, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Let me re-record the start of
0: the episode. With the exception of Phil and Graham, ah, I've that's yet better. To meet yeah. anybody yeah. that's closed a hundred percent of their sales, a hundred percent of their time. Because, Please, oh great gurus, enlighten us as to your because we're perfect,
1: aren't we? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we wish. But, we but yeah, wish. quite. Yeah, um, actually. This is really quite important from a psychological perspective because what's happening when you when you fail at something something has been taken away from you that um, success that you'd envisaged in your mind that win that you were going to get from whatever pitch you were making and then suddenly you don't win the business for example that's actually that actually triggers effectively. A grief reaction. So you're actually in the psychology of grief, and so anybody who's suffered from grief because of the death of a loved one, um, you will know that there are you know various theories about how many different stages of grief there are. There can be anything from three to seven different kinds of, of stages of grief. But you go through you know obviously being upset about it. But first of all, you're very shocked by it. So you're you, that something happens, whatever it is that is a problem for your business at that moment, you are shocked by it. And so the first thing you've got to do is cope with the shock. And then once you're shocked by it, you start denying things. So once once you've got to terms with that, you've been shocked by losing this business, you then start to deny that the business was lost in some way. It was somebody else's fault. It was nothing to do with you. It was, uh, you know, somebody else on the team who didn't, you know, prepare the slides right or whatever, you, know, you start blaming other people. So that's a, a natural progression from the um, shock to the denial. Um, and then only eventually do you come to terms with it. So I think for businesses, one of the crucial things is to realize that when these things happen, you, your staff are going to go through effectively a grief period. And therefore that needs managing. It isn't just kind of, okay, buck up, you know, move on to the next one you can't move on to the next one that's a bit like telling somebody who's just had a death in the family you oh, know never mind you know the rest of us are alive you know it's not, mm. it doesn't doesn't work like that that you you wouldn't do that and it's the same psychology that's in place here
0: yeah I think that's 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 um I, I kind of I guess that links to my comment about takes a bit of time right yeah it just takes and, and, and as a sales manager as a sales director use your emotional intelligence understand that's going to happen this is probably not the time people are not going to be in a great mental state to do a a surgical loss review at this stage yes i definitely recommend you should you should be doing win win losses but got to choose your time haven't you you know that's the other that's
1: you you spoke about the uh, england um, football loss Um, And one of the important things that Gareth Southgate said today, and we've done another episode about him as a leader, but one one of the things he said today was that uh, he's not going to talk to the team today. He spoke to them last night. That's it. Now he says they need time to be on their own, to process what they've been through with their families and their loved ones. And only once that's happened, will he then decide what the next steps are. So he's allowing Mm -hmm. them that space to come to terms with the problem that they're facing. And that's really important. So if in sales that we've got any kind of problem that we've lost, uh, you know, we haven't won the business, it's we can't as sales leaders then go, okay, let's move on to the next one. We need our staff to have time to cope because they've put, many people will have put weeks and weeks of work into this, hmm. know, lots of research, lots of practice. You may have sent them off on training courses on how to deliver a pitch. You know, there's a lot of investment in it, a lot of psychological investment by your staff. And then to just say, okay, never mind, move on, doesn't allow them the time to cope with dealing with that investment they had.
0: And I mentioned, I mean, after you've allowed a certain amount of time, I mentioned, you know, learning from the loss, but I, Yes, I would say, I think that's an important thing to do, but I think even more importantly is trying to encourage a culture of learning in the team. So you also do win win reviews and loss reviews. So the team get used to learning from whatever happens and winning is scrutinized as closely as losing is scrutinized, and the lessons of both are used and taken forward. because if you just do the surgical post-mortem on the losses, Firstly, you miss all the learnings from the wins, which are probably even more important to find out why you won than why you lost. But it creates this sort of negative, let's always focus on the loss, but otherwise other people will pop, some cultures pop the champagne corks and just kind of brush the loss under the carpet and don't talk about it, which I think again, is a massive mistake because you're missing out on finding out what it was you made. And, and you mentioned on the, previous episode where we were looking at Gareth southgate the england manager you know about it's a fine line sometimes between the win and the loss there's so many things you did right it could be a factor outside of your control as graham yeah. mentioned in the previous yeah. episode you know that but but you can't get people to to i think to realistically look at what is their responsibility and what they should have done differently if they're not in the psychological place yeah. to be able to do that because you'll reject or you'll blame others or you'll be too harsh on yourself. It's got to be balanced, I think. And that. So, a culture of learning and learning and listening to your customers, which should be a gosh, how many times have we said that at the sales chat share yeah. um, the, the importance, but also why, why did your customers tell you you won? Why did your customers tell you that you, you didn't win the business and really make sure that's in there.
2: I think, I think we're all agreeing here, aren't we? That the, One of the roles of the leader here is to make sure that the the word failure um, has a positive connotation on it. And it's a fact of life and there is learning to be had. Uh, One of my favorite stories that goes back a good 20 years now uh, is of the executive working in a major American IT company who made a terrible, terrible mistake that cost his company well over $3 million. And he was hauled up in front of the chief executive. And when he went into the chief executive's office, uh, he didn't even bother looking for a chair because he thought he would be stood there for five seconds and he would be fired and he'd be gone. So he stood there apparently in front of this chief executive and started with the words, I suppose you're going to fire me. Uh, And the chief executive said, you must be joking. I've just spent three million dollars on your training. (laughs) And with that, the chief executive (laughs) invited him to sit down, pour a coffee and tell him what he'd learnt from said three million pound overspend or whatever it was. Uh, And also, of course, in other companies like uh, the, uh, the oil industry, for example, they know that they have to sink 50 wells before they hit black gold. So the culture of failure, if you want to call it that, is there 49 times, 50 times before they get one success. It is part of life. So I think that's an important element that falls on the shoulders of uh, the leader. Uh, At an individual level, um, I think it is about Uh, talking it out isn't it if for example uh, I have failed I feel as if I have failed then I need to be finding my other half or friends to talk that out Um, occasionally I am the sort of person who has the odd IT issue um, and interestingly today uh, I found myself talking that out with my two sales chat show really And, and getting no bloody sympathy whatsoever. But um, <laughs> apart, from, apart from that uh, one-off issue, um, I normally find you guys very, very supportive when I am in that <laughs> talk it out mode. And, and my last comment really um, on this uh, issue is uh, of a joint visit that I did some years ago with a salesperson that had taken over a territory from a colleague, in in inverted commas, who who was more or less a a criminal, I think, uh, and had basically been conning customers and no doubt his own company for many a month. So he was walking in all day long. He was walking in to customers who were all starting with that. uh, Right. So what's happened to your predecessor then type of comment? And um, the, the guy that I was accompanying had a, had a brilliant way of dealing with it. He just said to them, well, uh, if you were a company like us with values and beliefs, uh, what would you have done if you were in our position? And every single customer said, well, I would have got rid of him. And the guy that I was accompanying said, well, that's exactly what we did. But isn't that a lovely line to use? If you were in our shoes... What would you have done about that bad individual or bad product or piece of bad reputation management or whatever it happens to be? If you were in our shoes, what would you have done about it? So looking on the positive side of this, I think failure, if you want to call it that, um, it is part of life, isn't it? And I can always remember a, a lovely question that a previous boss of mine used to use years ago if ever there was any issue within our lives as individuals in one-to-one meetings he used to say to us what is the lesson that life is trying to teach you right now (laughs) nice question (laughs) what is the lesson that life is trying to teach you right now so to try and extract some learning from that day or week or month of Gloom, I think, is very important. Don't forget, we have
1: cultural differences here. So in America, where many of our listeners are, uh, failure in business is deemed to be a good idea um, because if you don't fail, you're not learning. And uh, for those of us who can walk, uh, we learn to walk by failing uh, because if you've ever had children or you've seen a child of 10, 11, 12 months learning to walk, Uh, they fall over repeatedly. Um, But it's only the failure of walking uh, that teaches them how to position their hips and everything to make everything work and then to walk successfully. So our brains are wired to learn from failure. Whereas in the UK culture, uh, failure is deemed to be a bad thing culturally. And so therefore, unlike if you have a business failure here, If you go bankrupt, for example, because your business didn't work, you're deemed to be persona non grata. You're you're kind of uh, outlawed by society almost. You're not allowed to run another business ever again for well, it's seven years, I think, um, until you can run a business. But whereas in America, it's kind of okay. Yep, that didn't work. Let's move on to. I've learned from that. What can we move on? What can I learn from that to move on to make it better next time? And so there are cultural differences around the world here in terms of how we perceive failure. And that also affects the way we think about failure. So we we need to think about that within a multicultural workforce. So you will have a multicultural sales team. So you've failed in some sense to win the business. There will be some people within your team who think that's good that you failed because they want to learn from that failure. Whereas others who will be deeply depressed by it. So you've got to manage the people within the team entirely differently for the same piece of failure.
0: And embrace, yeah, make sure you're, you're on you're conscious of that.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: diversity just want to just want to loop back to phil's comment about the oil industry you know the number of wells that that in order to hit hit oil and and i'm i'm going to be really dangerously close phil to agreeing with graham here about sales targets but i'm going to try and avoid agreeing with him um i would say that you could think of winning the business which means you're about to get the revenue as kind of like the end of the process it's almost the end of the money got to get the money in the bank of course and that's kind of like the lag indicator that's the output. And a lot of organizations focus too much on just measuring that. Whereas, if you're looking at all the lead indicators going into it, you could have the person who, quote unquote, lost that piece of business has got through to the, let's say, the final two. And she has improved her ability to get through to the final two, let's say, by 200%. And he's getting through to the final two far more often than she was doing in the previous year well there's a massive success there because kind of the numbers are going to say she's going to be winning she's going to be winning even more so you've got to take that longer term medium to longer term yeah. view of what's there what are all the success drivers not just focusing on that final one because if you're getting down to the final two more often and you're winning 50 percent of the time you're going to win more business then you can coach and work your team on how do we get it from 50 percent to 60 percent of the time we win when we're down to the final two by learning from wins and losses how do you then coach them to get to 75 percent of when we get down to the final two so so I think looking, understanding your numbers, and trying to work a bit more broadly helps with with bringing that win loss learning into into the sales environment. Yeah, I think too much focus on the final one misses out on all the learning and all the fantastic information and knowledge that you could guess if you just switch your attention away from just the sales target to looking at some of the things that contribute to that success or not, as as the case
1: may be. I I remember a long time ago now, but uh, I interviewed the chief executive of a major global pharmaceutical company um, and asked him the inevitable question, uh, why uh, do you make so much money out of these drugs that, you know, people are, the need, you could reduce your price dramatically. um, And therefore the NHS wouldn't have to spend so much money. And he said, we could, yeah, we could reduce our price dramatically um, and we wouldn't make as much profit. Yeah, we could do, that's a choice we could make. We could certainly do that. And I said, well, why don't you? He said, because I've got thousands of drugs in the pipeline, most of which will never make it. And I have to pay for that pipeline out of those profits. And if I don't have those drugs, What do you expect me to do? Turn around to doctors and say, well, we could have a cure for this disease, but we haven't got the money to invest in it. So he was looking at he needed the money to invest in failure in order to succeed. Yeah,
0: I think the other other one that can be maybe it's a setback rather than a failure is a thing like you have a product recall because there's a problem or you get some bad publicity or I've had a client who's been – their technology has been sort of knocked back a grade by Forrester Research or something or something like that, and and stuff like that just happens sometimes, doesn't yeah. it? Things things go wrong or there's a big supply chain issue, as there has been during the COVID situation, and I think for me, when you get those sort of setbacks. One thing that I found, and I think that's back to Phil's story about the rather badly behaved salesperson and, and the replacement coming in, is being upfront and honest with your customers and doing the right thing and being open and honest with your customers is hugely well received. They don't like what's happened, but your transparency and honesty will probably contribute more to the longer term relationship than you might you might imagine, because they're probably just breathing a sigh of relief. It's not them that's got the yeah. problem, it's you. it's you that's got the problem. We all understand things go things go wrong. But, and there was a piece of research, and forgive me, it's not up to Graham's quality um, piece of, it was a piece <laughs> of business to consumer research I was told about rather than I saw, was that companies that messed up and put it right in a B2C, yeah. the customer satisfaction level yeah. increased more than if the problem had never happened. Yeah. So that's not an excuse, my dear listeners, at Sales Chat Show, to go and make a mistake so you can put it right. But it it it, it it's an interesting interesting piece of. You sounded yeah. like you've heard something similar.
1: No, there are you. there are studies that that show that you know several yeah. of them. Yeah.
0: So if you mess up, tell your customers. You yeah. know, be honest. Be honest. I have have a conversation internally about what you're going to do and how you're going to say it. And then just have the conversation, particularly things like product recalls where there may be health and safety issues and things like that. If you do the right thing and you behave in an ethical manner, I think you'll find that that will be repaid far more than whatever the commercial cost of the of the recall, having had to be involved in a recall due to some potential glass fragments in a, yeah. in a product. Obviously, we Pl- moved incredibly of- quickly, withdrew the whole batch from the market at a considerable cost, but it was the right thing to do.
1: Lots of research done at the University of Columbia looking at things like this in New York, and um, I showed you know, several times in, in lots of studies that it wasn't things like the disaster happening to you that was the problem. It's the way you communicated after the disaster uh, that determined what people thought about you. Um, and so we see that all the time so you you see it even with countries you know the UK was downgraded from triple A rating to double A rating in the world of economics and yet uh, we reacted to that in certain ways the Bank of England did certain things and even though I don't think we've got all the full ratings back from the world economy we're still the fifth biggest economy in the world so it was our, our reaction to it that was the not the cause of it that was the problem it was our reaction to it that that kind of saves the day, as it
2: were. Yeah. Well, just, just on that point, one model that we've talked about before, which has its um, roots in the military, is the uh, mnemonic called opera, objective, plan, execute, review, and amend. So just to pick up on Graham's point, um, review and amend is clearly very important, and that's where a lot of the, uh, the bounce-back thinking will come from, but having reviewed and amended, you then have to say, well, reviewed and amended what? Well, it's the other three letters. It's reviewed and amended the objective, it's reviewed and amended the plan, or it's reviewed and amended the way that we're executing that plan. And when we're ready to move into that sort of process, uh, the trick, of course, is to do it quickly. Uh, It's what the military call fast failure. Uh, they don't have a problem at all with failure, but they want it done fast. And if you like, recalibrating what the objective, the plan and the execution uh, are supposed to be.
0: Yeah, and I think it's, um, you know, sales managers, sales leaders are listening in. They're creating the environment for and the culture for within which their people are operating and having that, you know, having that. The things we've talked about around the acceptance of failure and understanding failure and learning from failure, having a good balance of learning from success, success and failure, just I think just having a learning culture in inverted commas, as it's sometimes referred to, will will learn from anywhere, helps, I think is helps people to to kind of bounce back and I think having a... Having an awareness of that kind of grief cycle that Graham mentioned, you know the 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 process, the the Kubler Ross bereavement curve is one one example. One, folks, if you Google around that, you'll you'll find something very similar. I think it's a good, it's a useful thing for managers and leaders to to have an awareness of. So that you can behave and adjust your behavior appropriately to, 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 you know, to suit, to suit those people. And I think it was, um, I think it was the American speaker, Charlie, Charlie Tremendous Jones, who had a lovely, had a lovely saying, it isn't how hard you, it isn't how far you fall that matters is how high you bounce, which I think is a lovely, is kind of, it's going to be in a competitive environment, a competitive capitalist system you're going to win some you're going to lose some unless you're like graham and phil and you've never lost any in your life apparently although i'd love to see the evidence and the data to to but to back to back to back that to
2: back that uh, one up you'll 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 catch up with us one day
0: (laughs) yes i hope i aspire i aspire to to your level of your level of achievement gentlemen but uh but learn learn from the failures folks but also don't forget to learn from the wins make sure you don't have a culture that champagne courts get popped and you miss why you've won always always have those win loss reviews in place and incorporate the findings from those into your sales activity going forward important thing to do any last closing thoughts gentlemen gurus of the sales world with your 100 percent track record
1: i would just say that if you never set sales targets then you can never fail to meet them <laughs>
0: There are now two episodes where Graham and I, sorry, Phil and I attempt to debate whether or not you should have sales targets with Graham, who thinks you shouldn't. So if you haven't listened into either of those episodes or fights, as they perhaps <laughs> debates should be more appropriately uh, entitled, please, please make sure you do. Uh, Mr. Jesson, any closing thoughts?
2: Uh, no, no, the, uh, the opera comment was yeah. uh, in some ways yeah. my, my closing thoughts thought
0: yeah absolutely sometimes it's the it's uh, in the world of business Peter Drucker called management cycle plan do review others total quality management plan do check out any any plans only as good as the evidence you've got at the time and as you move through and execute you gather more and you have to you have to re, re-plan so you know it's a, it's a process isn't it not it's yeah. not just a, just not just an episodic kind of thing there are um about 200 or so episodes of the sales chat show available in our back catalog wherever you get your podcast you'll find that if you'd like to subscribe to the sales chat show um you will also get notified when we release new episodes which we do on a regular basis in the meantime we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling folks